Well, everybody, we did it. We made it to Friday. We made it to the three-day weekend. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Crack open the bourbon. Let's just have a chill weekend, everybody. We desperately need it. Speaking of bourbon, I wish I had some in the studio right now, but I think they would frown on me for that. Anyway, this is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. I'm just recovering. I spent three hours, two of them on the air, uh, over at Rouse's on Bertrand. Now, Second Harvest Food Bank is going to be over there until 6 o'clock tonight. You guys go by. They are accepting donations of all stores. They may still have some of the Feed the Hungry bags that are out there. They're $10. They're pre-packed with shelf-stable items. You just go. You buy those. And you donate them. You turn around, put them right inside a giant box they had outside Rouse's Market on Bertrand. Now, their second harvest in Rouse's in Town Square, we're partnering up uh, throughout September for this. We were just the first one down here on Bertrand. Rouse's locations all over the area, uh, our our brothers and sisters here at Town Square Media, we're all going to be doing these throughout the month. Uh, I just was out there today over on Bertrand. But if you go... Make the donation. All of what you donate is going to turn around and be used here in the community. So a shout out to Rouse's Market. They did a phenomenal job hosting the event. We're very welcoming. The Second Harvest Food Bank, uh, feeding Acadiana, feeding Southwest Louisiana. Uh, They had a phenomenal group of volunteers out there. Loved visiting with them and loved visiting with you guys that came by today. Really, really enjoyed getting to meet some of y'all who listened to the show and come out uh, and and make these these donations. Just absolutely loved meeting with y'all. 232-1542 is the number if you want to call in, be part of the conversation today, or use the KPEL app chat to be part of the conversation as well. So I need to start with the dumbest headline I have seen today and possibly the dumbest headline I've seen in quite some time. And That is, that's a high bar because we have a lot of dumb headlines. But this one, for whatever, I saw this this morning and I have not been able to stop thinking about it. It is without a doubt the dumbest, now granted it's an opinion piece. It is an opinion piece. But... Kia and Hyundai helped enable a crime wave. They should pay for it. By New York Times opinion columnist Farhad Manju. What you need to know going into this is that Kia and Hyundai are two automakers that have held out on equipping cars with immobilizers that stop a person from hot wiring and stealing a car. And the reason they do that is to try to keep auto costs low. It's very expensive to have these put in and those costs get passed on to consumers. And oftentimes that can be one of the many things that U.S. regulations are calling for that price a lot of people out of buying a car. In recent analysis of data from 37 American cities, Manju writes, the Council on Criminal Justice, a nonpartisan think tank, suggested a hopeful trend. The pandemic era spike in crime may have peaked. 
But there's a glaring exception, auto thefts. According to the Council on Criminal Justice, the number of vehicles vehicle thefts during the first half of 2023 was 33.5% higher on average than during the same period in 2022, representing 23,974 more vehicle thefts in the cities than reported that, that reported data. In Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Chicago, New Orleans, Buffalo, and Durham, North Carolina, motor vehicle thefts this year have more than doubled relative to last year, according to stats collected by Jeff Asher, a crime data analyst. This week, the Baltimore Sun reported that auto thefts are on pace to more than double from the total last year, as reports through the first eight months of 2023 are already up 88% compared to all of 2022. Why are so many cars getting stolen? Police departments and city officials point to this. Millions of Kias and Hyundais are ridiculously easy to steal. It is the automaker's fault that so many auto thefts are happening. Let me repeat the cities again. Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Chicago, New Orleans, Buffalo, and Durham, North Carolina. What do those have in common, do you think? The car makers say they're doing all they can to stem the thefts. They've created software updates that say fixes the issue. It requires a visit to a dealer and takes up to 45 minutes to install. They've also given police departments anti-theft steering wheel locks and ha- to hand out to affected owners, they say. So far, about 21% of effective car, affected cars, about 660,000 Kias and 811,000 Hyundais, have had the software upgrade installed, the car makers said. Manju, the writer here, is blaming the automakers for what criminals are doing. Do you know why Kias and Hyundais are at the center of this? Because some TikTokers figured out that if you go in under the steering wheel, there's a there's a connection. If you connect a USB cable to it, you can essentially hotwire the car. And it became a viral TikTok trend there for a while of people hotwiring Kias and Hyundais. And it's led to things like joy rides that have ended in horrible car crashes and danger to citizens. And this writer, a noted liberal, is blaming the car companies rather than, I don't know, the criminals. It's not the criminals' fault. It's the car makers' fault. Now, the car makers, again, are trying to cut costs so that not everybody is priced out of owning a car. Kias and Hyundais, they're good cars. Don't get me wrong. For a long time, I drove a Hyundai Elantra. Very gas efficient, uh, nice drive. I just needed something bigger for my family, but it was a good car. I loved my Hyundai Elantra. However, times changed, needed a bigger car. My car is not at risk of being stolen because it's not one of those two. And if I'd still had mine, I would go get the software update. But this is part of a growing trend on the left. We see it in San Francisco. They're not going after homelessness. They're going after people who oppose housing projects and just letting the homeless be. 
They're not going after the people that are smashing, grabbing businesses that are causing those businesses to pull out of San Francisco and Los Angeles and other cities completely. They're going after the businesses. Lululemon, I think it was Lululemon, had a storefront and people were robbing it. And the workers there called the police. The store, the manager there fired the workers for calling the police because inventory was getting stolen. The left has stopped blaming the criminals for committing crimes. Because the system is systemically racist, because all ACAB, and I'm not, if you don't know what that means, great. Because all cops are crooked and they're evil and they're racist, we don't need to be funding the cops. We don't need to be going after crimes like this. We just need to let them be. And how dare Kia and Hyundai make their cars so easy to steal? It is patently ridiculous. It is a ridiculous argument that we are doing everything we can as a society, apparently, to not blame the criminals for committing crimes. The crimes are not the, far, the, the, the part of the criminal, the, the, the fault of the criminal. The crimes are the fault of the car owners and the car manufacturers. But here's the thing. All those regulations that make cars so expensive, to the left, that's a good thing. Because the more people are priced out of cars, the less carbon emissions we have. Ultimately, that, that's what they want. Ultimately, they don't want you owning cars. They don't want me owning a car. They don't want you owning a car. They don't want anybody owning a car. You take public transportation or you ride a bike or, if you can afford it, get an electric vehicle. It's ridiculous. It is a ridiculous premise. If somebody steals a car, if the 23,000 car thefts in the country, if those are 23,000 criminals, if there are 23,000 people stealing cars, then it's the fault of the 23,000 people who are stealing cars. It's not the fault of the auto manufacturer. It's not the fault of the people who own the cars. It's the fault of the criminals for committing the crimes. 232-1542 is the number. If you're on the line, hold on. We will be back in a moment. If you've sent a message to the KPL app, I will get to those messages as well. Plenty to talk about here today as we wrap up the week on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number. If you want to be part of the conversation uh, shout out to Billy and Mike on the app. Billy brings up a good point. They also want to assume gun manufacturers for people taking a gun and killing others. Um, guns don't kill people. Violent and mentally unstable people kill people. And, and, and that's really true. It takes an incredible amount of disassociation from humanity in order to take a human life. Just willy-nilly. Now, that's different than like if you're defending yourself or, or your property or your family or anything like that. If you just take a gun and you decide, hey, let's kill some people today, that is a mental illness. That is a supreme sociopathy, psychopathy, whatever you want to call it, 
to disassociate and, and rip away the humanity from the people whose lives you're taking. That's not the gun manufacturer's fault. Billy says the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I prefer the line from a great comedian who's unfortunately no longer with Tim Wilson. The world's going to hell in a Dodge Viper. He's, that was one of my favorite lines. We're going to hell in a Dodge Viper. That's what he said. Mike also noting that at this point, kind of want to watch, sit back and watch the far left Democrat cities in California just crumble. Mike also points out he owns a Kia and several firearms. I wouldn't mess with Mike. Just throwing that out there. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. I heard somebody make this argument earlier. It's like the Democrats are telling the automakers that the clothes they were wearing were too slutty. That is the fault of the automakers. If only they weren't wearing such short skirts, the Kias and the Hyundais, then this wouldn't be happening. And that's pretty much the argument there. The way they made the car, it's their fault that the car is getting stolen. It's not the criminal's fault. And I have a really big problem with trying to pin this on anybody other than the criminals themselves. All right, let's go jump over to the phone lines. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Hey, man, how's it going? It's Nick. Hey, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Look, okay, we're talking about these Hyundais and Kia. Yeah. You know the one thing they're not talking about mm-hmm. is how easy it is to also steal a Dodge. Now, me, I am a record driver. Yeah. I see it every day. I know what goes on every day. I, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to these cars, I have had more Dodges in the tow yard uh-huh. that have been stolen with swap then than I have Kia or Hyundai. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and technically, if you think about it, every vehicle out there right now that has a key fob yeah. is actually very simple to steal with just a computer you could buy off of a Mac tools truck or a snap-on truck or anything. Uh-huh. It, it, it's actually really simple to steal these cars. And yet nobody talks about that. And, and, Say that again? And, and nobody talks about that fact. Nobody talks about it. It's more than just the Kias and Hyundais. But, again, the, the bigger problem here is why is nobody talking about the criminals? Well, and that's, and that's the thing is that they don't – I don't know. I mean, if you look at, like, the cities you said that where all these are happening at, yeah. I mean, they're, 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 they're definitely blue cities. They're, they're cities with mayors. Uh-oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They want, they, they'd rather see people go to jail than they would actually see them succeed. Why? Because that's how they get money from it. You know, that's, exactly. It, it's, all, it's all about money. Yeah, you're exactly right. Thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Got to take this break here at the bottom of the hour. We're going to listen to our business report, our commodities report. We will be back shortly here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5. More of your news of the day coming right up. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. So 
part of the 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 car theft thing is also TikTok. Uh, TikTok made it very easy for people who were stealing these cars to go viral and the method to become so well passed through the Internet that a lot of people were doing it. A lot of them were younger kids who were like, hey, this looks fun. Let's steal a car and go for a joyride. And TikTok just completely lowers the barrier basically of intellect and common sense. Hey, other people are doing it. They're getting viral for doing it. We should do the same thing. And social media in general, has created a major problem for our youth. Talked about this before, that the shutdowns during the pandemic did nationally a lot of damage to our kids. And part of it was the fact that kids were at home. They weren't able to see their friends. They weren't able to socially interact with anyone but on social media. And the algorithms for uh, a lot of these social media apps like TikTok, like Instagram and others, made it very easy for kids to come across these videos and others. I want to point to Livingston Parish, Louisiana now, because they're taking a novel approach to this. This is from uh, GovTech.com. The Livingston Parish School Board is suing TikTok and Instagram, arguing the social media giants have made their platforms so addictive they have created a mental health crisis among the district students. Originally filed in the 21st Judicial District Court located in Livingston in mid-July, last week the case was transferred to federal court. The school board is represented by the law firm Fayard and Honeycutt. In addition to TikTok and Instagram, along with their parent companies ByteDance and Meta, the board is also suing two internet service providers alleged, alleging they are responsible for facilitating minors' access to the social media platforms. This action is brought to protect children and families in the state of Louisiana from defendants' intentional manipulation of children via sophisticated design elements deployed on Instagram and TikTok, the lawsuit says. Defendants do not get do this to keep Louisiana children addicted to their social media platforms. Now, I say the following is someone who also uses social media a lot. And part of it is the, the digital aspect of digital publishing. We have to use social media and social media platforms, but also just the interconnectivity of it all. Yes, these platforms are addicting. They are built to be addicting. The algorithms are built to learn what you like and show you more of what you like to keep you scrolling through more so that you go through more ads and that ad revenue generated keeps these apps going. Now, one of the reasons these apps are so free and so uh, and and easy to get a hold of and download onto your phones is this ad revenue. See, the videos are not the product on these ad platform on these uh, on these apps. They're on these social media platforms. The videos aren't the product. You are the product. Your kids are the product. And the information that these algorithms collect on you, more so on TikTok than Instagram, but Instagram and, and Meta's apps do collect a lot of information on you as well. That in turn gets used by advertisers to target specific ads to users. Now, as grownups, we can be wary of this to a certain extent, and we make sure that we're not caught in too many traps, but even so, we still come across things that, hey, this looks geared toward us. Right now, 
The company Rectech is advertising their Labor Day weekend sale to me at a time when I'm particularly vulnerable, vulnerable because, damn it, I haven't been able to grill because of the burn ban, and I really want to go and barbecue something. And they, I guess, know that because I'm seeing Rectech ad like every other ad on my platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Damn it, I want a, I want a pellet grill. And Rectech is very good quality. I, I've heard nothing but good reviews about Rectech, and I want one. But anyway, that's, I'm getting distracted. Sorry. Anyway, the point is the apps learn who you are, they learn what you like, and they show you more of the content you like, so it keeps you on there longer and keeps you addicted to it and keeps you seeing those ads. Now, as far as Livingston Parish's lawsuit goes, I have no idea if it'll work or not. But it's the opening salvo in a larger fight that we are going to have to have and part of a larger societal uh, discussion we're going to have to have. How much is too much? Our kids are being babysat by screens, and I say that sitting in a room where twice in the last couple months my kids have sat in the next room watching my computer because I had to watch them but also had to be on the air, and so I let the screens do the work for the hour I was in here. But I've seen situations where parents go out to eat and, and they, they don't have a babysitter for their kid. And so their kid watches an iPad at the restaurant. And sometimes in parents, I need you to understand, I don't want to listen to Disney shows while I'm eating a burger. But again, I'm getting distracted. The point is, we let our screens do a whole lot of the work for us as parents and grandparents and, and all that. And so from a very young age now, these apps are learning who we are and who our kids are and who our grandkids are, and they're going to keep gathering this information. It goes back to something that I know I've said before, but it bears repeating and it bears repeating on a nearly constant basis. We need to be involved as parents. We need to do a better job of watching what's going on and watching what our kids are watching and understanding what our kids are watching. And we need to understand that if we let our kids use YouTube or even kids YouTube, which offers slightly safer content, we have to understand that those platforms are gathering that information and they're using it. And when your kid is old enough to have a phone and they start using social media apps, they're going to get fed a lot of those ads, things that are supposed to appeal to them because of what they've already been allowed to watch and what the phones and the algorithms and the apps have all learned about your kid already. Absolutely no idea if that's going to turn out to be something that is going to work in the courts. I wish Livingston Parish all the luck in the world, but we have to have a societal discussion about social media. I don't know that banning kids from it is a good idea. I think that there might be some First Amendment concerns there. But I think it should be easy for companies to disable advertising and disable algorithms if an account is registered below a certain age. 
if you have a 13 or 14 or 15 year old who is using TikTok or Instagram or whatever, I think it should be easy for companies to install something in their software that says this account is not eligible to view ads. It is not eligible to be tracked by algorithm. Yes, the companies lose money there, but it keeps kids safe. And if the companies are making efforts to keep kids safe, hey, that's great PR for them. That should work out very well in the long run. But the problem is they're not worried about the long run. They're worried about the ad revenue that they can get because, once again, you, me, our kids, our grandkids, they're the product. We're the product. I have no idea, like I said, what's going to happen with this Livingston Parish court case. I'm not a lawyer. I know a little bit about the law because I try to read and study as much as I can for you guys. But I really have no idea how this goes. There's a lot of things at stake here. There's a lot of tech law that's been written. There's a lot of uh, First Amendment issue that goes into this. But it's worth the discussion from a legal standpoint and from a cultural standpoint. I don't know, you guys. I, I just don't know. But time and again, we've seen news stories of kids who were so negatively impacted by social media that they engaged in reckless behavior because of a viral trend. They, uh, they started committing acts of self-harm because of what they saw and they were essentially bullied by algorithms to think that they weren't good enough, and they were bullied by influencers to think they weren't good enough or pretty enough or look the right way. We've seen it weaponized against kids as actual bullies get online with fake profiles, and they harass and they attack people they don't like, and it causes no end of grief and pain and suffering. The Internet is still very much a lawless wasteland. Twitter is still a flaming hell site with no redemption. And unfortunately, I have to use it for, our di for digital publishing purposes for the websites I write for and for communication. And if you're on it, you should follow me at Joe P. Cunningham. But if you're not on it, I don't recommend joining it. <laughs> Weird endorsement, I know, but yeah. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. We'll take our final break when we come back. Uh, Ron DeSantis is being attacked because he didn't take climate change money ahead of the hurricane. Very weird. We'll talk about that and more as we wrap up the show here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. Is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. So, the New Republic is a left leaning outlet. Here's the tweet from yesterday Florida Governor Ron DeSantis rejected $350 million in federal funds meant to help tackle climate change 
just months before Hurricane Adelia flooded his state. The money was supposed to be for energy efficiency. Specifically, it looks like the money was supposed to be uh, for consumer rebates, choosing to install energy efficiency appliances, things like that. It was rejected by the state of Florida. The New Republic is using that to attack Ron DeSantis. He should have accepted this money, and he didn't, and now look at Hurricane Adalia. Again, if, if, the, if the $350 million was going to create a comically oversized fan to blow the hurricane in the opposite direction, that'd be one thing. but that's not what it was going to do. It wasn't going to build a giant wall that would keep the hurricane out. It was for appliance installations, rebates for consumers. But the left is attacking Ron DeSantis for rejecting that money. And I, again, I I go back to what I said yesterday about, or not yesterday, the the other day, about media's agenda. The agenda and the truth don't have to be the same thing. In fact, they often aren't with the media when it comes to climate change. Ron DeSantis has gotten power restored to hundreds of thousands of Floridians faster than we've ever really seen before. Remember last year when they were hit with a hurricane, really the only major hurricane landfall of the season last year, there was a bridge to a community that was and completely shut down access to the community. Said, oh, this is going to take weeks to, to rebuild. The DeSantis administration got a temporary bridge put up in days, and they were able to rescue the folks in that little island community off the shore, off the coast. If climate change was responsible for Hurricane Adelia, when did it kick in? Because Adelia stalled in the Gulf of Mexico or just before it really reached the Gulf of Mexico. So did climate change just come at the last minute and kind of kick Adelia forward? And that's what caused it to to become a Category 3, nearly a Category 4 by the time it hit Florida's coast? I mean, what happened there? When, when exactly did, hurricane, did, did climate change decide to impact Hurricane Adelia? They can't tell us that. They'll make these claims. They will say everything they need to say to make it seem like this hurricane is Ron DeSantis' fault. And yet the people of Florida... Most of them who lost power got it back fairly quickly because of what DeSantis had put into place. But the left can't stand that. Because remember, the left's chief criticism of Ron DeSantis is that he's just as bad as Trump, only smarter. And they are terrified of DeSantis. Remember that. 
All right, you guys, three-day weekend. I'll be back on Tuesday. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at RedState.com. You can find the podcast version of the show available, JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com. Today's show going up there in just a moment. May do a recording for Labor Day. I don't know, but I will be back on Tuesday for sure. Shannon is offsides, and he's up next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.